Welcome to English Lit Pod. A place where we show you what English, both lit and lang, really is. Join us in our discussions about the meanings of words, the representations we create, the connotations and denotations. Delve into the importance of literature, the power of narratives and the strength of words. And, most importantly, discover that English is more than just a boring textbook. It really is lit. Hello, welcome back to another episode of English's Lit Pod. Today, it's been a very momentous episode, but I am joined by Cheryl, our school librarian, who will introduce herself. Hi, um, I'm Cheryl Root. I'm a school librarian and I've been here only since October, so it's my first year in post. Um, and I've got a bit of an eclectic history. I've got a PhD in the history of medicine and I used to own a bookshop and I used to own an antiques business. So all sorts of things. But now I'm the school librarian and I love it here. So after that wonderful career, <laughs> lovely to have you on our podcast. I'm sure it's equally as popular. We're talking today about graphic novels with a particular focus on Heartstopper, which has been such a sensation on Netflix and just amongst young people. So we're talking about Heartstopper, but more so focusing on the graphic genre and why some people might love it, why some people might not like it as much. Um, but starting with the Heartstopper, do you maybe want to give us a quick rundown of what, what that's all about? Well, I'm not sure there are many people who you know aren't familiar with Heartstopper, <laughs> yeah. certainly in the secondary school um, student age group, because it has been our most popular book this year, most borrowed book. I've had to buy more copies and we still have waiting lists for it, in spite of the fact we have sort of like five copies of each one. There are currently four graphic novels in the Heartstopper series, and it's all about two boys, Nick and Charlie, who meet and fall in love at school. Um, and Charlie knows he's gay. Nick starts out, doesn't know he's gay, turns out he's bisexual. Anyway, they fall in love. It's very sweet, very wholesome, very lovely. They The books get slightly I don't know if darker is the right word, but they get slightly more serious as it goes on because if you've seen the TV show, which yeah. I think you have, haven't you? I have, yes. I yeah, so. the TV show, very sweet, very happy. But as we go into um, book three and four, Charlie develops an eating disorder. Okay. So there's quite a big mental health um, aspect to it as well, which maybe isn't quite so obvious in the first one. But they are making series two and three, so that will be covered. And I believe there's going to be a fifth graphic novel as well, and that will be the final one, I believe. That's really interesting. I don't know about the the eating disorder stuff yes. of it. And I think when I watched the Netflix series, I've read the first book, but the series goes up to the second half, the first that half halfway of the second through book. the second one, yeah. Right. And I did think the Netflix show very much romanticised everything. And I know that, that was the vibe of the first book. But even in their kind of transitions, they had the leaves kind of taking you to the next scene. And I thought it's very wholesome and heartwarming. It is. But it, it does feel like this protected kind of nice space where people go to feel safe, which I think is the purpose of it. But it's interesting that it brings in those darker Yeah, it does. So, um, yeah, Charlie develops an eating disorder and it's all connected to his past where he was bullied for being gay. Although we never see that past in the books because it, it starts yeah. after that's finished. It very much is that, you know... Um, that the eating disorder, they, they link it to that history of bullying and, and, and trauma that he's gone through. Um, and it's all about how, and it, I, I think it's very good the way they um, approach it because it's all about how um, Nick may love him and his friends may love him, but actually sometimes that's not enough and you need other people's help. You know, you need professional help, you need your family's help. Like lots of people get you through. And I think 
that's probably a really good message. Those other really good messages, as well as the LGBTQT friendliness of it, yeah. which is great, there's other really powerful messages in it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's appealed so much, as well as the feel-good factor, which mm. it also has, because everything does always work out happily, which I think is nice. And I asked my book club, interestingly, you know, why do you love it so much? And they basically said, because it makes us feel really good. Oh, that's yeah. all you're looking for in a book, I that's suppose. That's all you're looking for, yeah. Um, how did they find... I'm just curious about how those younger readers might have found those darker themes, because it is such a lovely kind of atmosphere that's created in the first book and the second. And obviously, it, you said in the third and the fourth one is when it gets a bit more serious. Darker, yeah. Were they expecting that at any point no. along the way? No, so or? a few students to start with, bef- this was before the series, so it was already popular before the Netflix, Netflix series came on, although that's obviously heightened its yes. popularity. But it was already probably our most borrowed book. Um, so there was already a lot of chat around it, you know, and a lot of interest in it in, in the library, and we already had waiting lists for it. And I had some mixed... Because I read it sort of with the students, like I wasn't familiar with it, but because so many people asked for it, I try and read that sort of stuff that other people were asking for. So I read it kind of in conjunction with them, and some of them had read three and four before me, and and some of them did say, oh, I didn't like it as much because it was darker. So definitely Mm. had that. But actually, most of them fall in love with the characters so much because they're so beautifully presented I think you know they really fall in love with them they love the characters so they don't they're sort of happy to follow their journey you know wherever it may take them and then she's also written a couple of novellas I don't know if you know that which are not graphic novels but uh, um, you know very short books about Nick and Charlie sort of snapshots moments in time um, of their life as well so which is very popular. interesting yes I think is there a book around maybe Charlie's sister as well I think that's yes. something that someone mentioned which so she sort of sets all as far as I can work out she sets all of her books in sort of the same same universe sounds weird because it's not yeah. fantasy but in the same place so they interact with each other a small amount and her first book Solitaire that she wrote which she wrote I think it was published when she was 17 wow okay. yeah <laughs> very impressive um, is about Tori, Charlie's sister, yeah. um, and has again has a darker theme and a sort of mental health theme, um, and is much heavier. You know, it's got kind of they discuss suicide, burning down the school, things right. like that in it. And Charlie and Nick are in it, but they're very they're only a very very small part of it. So mostly, although her book, the characters in her books do interact with each other, and you do see other characters in other books, it's minimal. So, because Radio Silence, which is another one of her books, is about Alid, who isn't in the series. Um, they they replaced him with Isaac in the series. Okay. So Isaac's not in the books, um, but Alid's in the books. I suspect maybe because they're thinking of making Radio Silence, um, or at least they want to reserve the right for that. Would be my guess. Um, but yeah, Alid is the is Charlie's best friend in Heartstopper in the books Um, but yeah he's the main character in Radio Silence and again although you see Charlie you don't see him very much. That's really interesting because I think one of the things I had in my mind when I was reading it was how people are relating to this differently because it is so focused on Charlie and Nick and obviously that's quite a specific experience whether that's the gay experience or the coming out experience that not all young readers would have so it's interesting that there is the mental health side and then within that same kind of world you also have the experience of Tori who I assume is somewhat different from Charlie's storyline for sure yes yes very yeah she's she's very she's kind of a loner and um so she's whereas Charlie's definitely not that so yeah she's kind of a a loner at school and and not very happy and it's about how she meets um Michael 
Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of very, it's it's kind of much stranger. I think you can tell that she wrote it when she was much younger. Um, but um, yeah, and eventually they they burned down their school. Interesting, interesting way to end that storyline. But yeah, I think it's such a beautiful universe because it does allow you to have those connections. And I think going into the wider graphic genre, I think that's what it does really well. It obviously presents you with a physical world that you can enter whenever you want, whether that's for solace, for comfort, um, or to in interact with those more difficult themes. Um, but I know that there are some people maybe who don't appreciate the graphic genre as much, especially for young readers. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Why some people might be against it? Or... I think some people feel like, um, you know, that it doesn't help to grow literacy as much as reading a book. So there's certainly, I wouldn't want to call it snobbishness, but I think it's certainly my generation. We've grown up with, we only had books or comics. So you might have had like, you know, the Beano, but when we were young, we never would have considered that to be on the same level as, you know, novels. And probably correctly so, um, although it still has its place. Um, so I think, you know, maybe the old, slightly older generation retain that kind of, where we look down on it mm -hmm. and we think, and I, I think to be fair, I think I did. I've not read a huge amount of graphic novels until I came here and started this job. But when I saw how popular they were, <laughs> that's made me read them. And actually they're great. But um, yeah, it, I think, but that's not true. There is a lot, you know, it teaches students a lot of the same um, skills as reading a novel that's composed entirely of words. You know, you're following a storyline, you're predicting what's going to happen in your head, you're engaging with characters, you're learning about character development and backstory. So that's still all there because it is in fact a novel, exactly the same as a novel in words, it's just novel in pictures. Definitely, and I think it comes back to feeling as well. I think so many of the greats evoke lit, like evoke these big feelings for readers, but people can't always attach themselves to that because they can't see it. And there are so many readers who can't picture the characters, or I think there's a certain pressure around picturing the right thing. So I know that in our book club, when we talk about it, it's normally, oh, I pictured it to look like this, or my, in my head, this setting looked like this. And that's well and fine for us, but there are some young younger readers maybe who, who just want to get it right and they want to have the same vision that the author maybe had when they were writing it. And I think that's what the graphic does so well because it's just there for you to, to, to look at and to engage with it how the author wanted you to. And then it maybe takes away some of that pressure for you to have to build this whole world in your head because you're just then leaving the feeling alone to it. And then I suppose able to fall in love with the characters a bit more once you can picture them. And I suppose that's what happened with Nick and Charlie, right? People were able yeah. to see them on the page as opposed to just this abstract kind of name in their heads that they might not have associated actual emotions with. And then they fall in love with them. And that's then... right. And then they... and the great thing about Alice Oseman's books is that, you know, not that graphic novels do need to have a carry on, but like I said, because she has the novellas mm -hmm. and then she has the full novels. I've had students who've started on the heart stuff for graphic novels and gone all the way through. And by the end of it, they're reading these full novels, whereas maybe they would never have picked up that full novel in the beginning but yeah. because they fall in love with her characters and her world they're, they're moving along but I, I would like to say that you don't have to move along from graphic novels I think they are on their own you know literature just as strong often as um, you know as what we would describe as traditional written novels definitely and I think there's a certain you might disagree being <laughs> in the education system but I think there's a certain um, pressure on children within the education system to focus on those greater, more hef heftier books, maybe, yeah. um, that do contribute to that literary canon, which is why we study Jekyll and Hyde and yeah. Shakespeare so much at GCSE and even at A-level. 
and I'm not sure about younger years whether that's part of the curriculum but I know that we didn't look at the graphics and we didn't look at those more kind of creative forms of expressing yourself um, do you think that's maybe something that the school systems could do a bit better in terms of the curriculum I think it maybe is but I mean I, I think I like you probably I come at it from slightly different than if I was mm. a teacher but I'm not a teacher so for me being the librarian I'm all about encouraging yes I you know I want to contribute to literacy absolutely but actually I'm all about reading for pleasure yeah. I want to see the kids reading because they like reading because because you know if you love reading it not only is very important for your literacy it's very important for your mental health so you know there's a lot of statistics that suggest that reading for pleasure equates better mental health um, so for me that's just as important and maybe I shouldn't say that but <laughs> for me that's just as important as increasing literacy is just giving yourself somewhere to escape to I mean the world is you know scary and it's tough and people aren't always kind and yeah. it, if you can find somewhere to go then that's you know a massive boost to you I think and I think that's what graphic novels do they get people immersed in you know in a book and suddenly people who maybe students who maybe have never been immersed in a book because it's a chore they don't like yeah. it they've learned to hate it maybe they don't read so well as um, other students suddenly they're presented with something where like you say the visions are there they've not got to create that vision in their head there's less words yeah it's a lot less scary looking <laughs> you open it you open a page of heartstopper it's a lot less scary than opening a page you know first page of any full-length novel you know you're like oh i've got 300 pages to go and yes. you know there's a lot of words on each page and if you love reading which i do and you do then that's not scary that's something we embrace and we look forward yeah. to but that's not the case for everybody so exactly. this is a much more accessible way of, um, you know, and engaging with similar themes, characters, like I said, all those things are still there, just much more accessible. Definitely. And I think it brings it back, for me, it did at least, to this greater concept within literature of the role of the reader and what the relationship between author and reader is. So kind of entering the territory of death of the author, but it's kind of just focusing on how intimate a relationship we have with the author and whether we're actually getting their message. And I think one of the criticisms generally addressed to graphic novels is that they are perhaps a bit simpler in their message because it's not as open to interpretation. Those authors have a clear message. Um, I assume with Heartstopper it's something about the LGBT community <laughs> centrally, but also about kindness and just being a good human being. Mm -hmm. um, and that's much more straightforward perhaps than some of the greats and some of those heftier piece, pieces of work. So would you agree with that do you think the graphic yes and no simpler? i mean i think if you're comparing heartstopper to dickens yeah. <laughs> but then if you're comparing any kind of young adult book middle grade fiction to dickens then you have got you know you've got a much do you know what i mean yes. so it's maybe not quite comparing like for like i think maybe if you're comparing heartstopper to some of the other young adult books available it may be that it's no more uh, it's no simpler than those are you know, yes, the plot line, but because, you know, as you said, you know, you weren't quite sure. There was lots of different aspects that you yourself just pulled out there. You know, there's the LGBTQT stuff, yeah. there's the mental health stuff, there's being a nice person, being kind to people. So there are several threads that just in a second and only having read the first one yeah. that you can pull out yourself. So actually, it's not a simple narrative necessarily. It's just simpler structured but I think that there are still, you know, people do. And it, I think you can tell that from the fact that the students who like it, they're not just students who may be a part of the LGBT community at all. 
you know, actually not at all. So yet there are some who love, you know, who are part of that community who love it. But some of my students definitely aren't. They just love the story. Mm. Um, so it's got more in it than just, it is more than one dimensional, definitely, I think. I would agree with that. I think when I was watching the TV show, it definitely, it made it a lot clearer. It felt a bit more didactic just because it's right yeah. there in front of you yeah. and you can see that that's wrong and you can see that some of the behaviours are destructive. And I think we can definitely lack that when the page is just text because you're not as immersed in it whereas when you've got the pictures right in front of you and especially for younger children or children who struggle with reading if you see in a graphic novel someone hitting someone else obviously you can tell that's probably some some tension there whereas if you just read this extensive passage of that of the altercation you might not quite understand what's happening and why that might be a negative thing so I definitely think I would agree with you I think the message is still there but maybe it's just conveyed a lot in a more accessible way, not necessarily. So, the yeah, more being accessible, but that's, yeah, but not simpler. I think that's what I would, I would, how I would put it certainly. And I mean, the the, the variety of graphic novels now are absolutely huge. Um, you know, we've got a whole shelf, a couple of shelves in the library, but we could have a lot more. And you can get every genre now. So, you know, it used to be that graphic novels were very much the comic book hmm. type um, books. So, you know, um, the Marvel stuff, Superman. Batman, yeah. all of that. So, and they are still a big part of it. But now there are a lot more. So, you know, Heartstopper is just part of, you know, what is or was was already a growing field, and I now suspect will be a, you know, hugely growing yeah. field because of its popularity. Having read all of them, mm-hmm. how did you find the Netflix series? Because I think I okay, I went to that before reading the whole okay. situation, and I think it's interesting when graphic novels or comic strips are turned into something else so when the archie comic strips were turned into riverdale or netflix i know people had especially people who had read the strips as they were coming out had a very different view on it than younger people did so did you feel like it was fairly I authentic they, yeah i think they did an absolutely excellent job i mean i've seen you can apply it to any book can't you it doesn't have to mm. be a graphic novel but sometimes we've all watched films or um adaptations where we're really disappointed yes <laughs> um but actually in the case of um Heartstopper, i thought they did a super job the actors were great but i think that's partly because the author had a huge amount of involvement mm. um it was very much her vision i think and she was she was quite specific in as my understanding in you know, what she wanted um, to see on the screen. And I think that comes across. I think it was very, very authentic. And they kept some of the comic style aspect of it with the little with the little leaves. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, everyone, I've not met anyone who's read the books. I mean, it's not often you can say that, actually, but I've not <laughs> met anyone who has read the books and seen the TV series who hasn't liked it. Oh, interesting. That's, so, right. yeah, and as some of the students have seen it. There's a bit of a competition going on. Some of them have seen like 86 times. God, I, really committed. <laughs> yes, really. There's some very, very committed Heartstopper fans. But no, I've not met one person who said, you know, I've re- I loved the book and I hated the TV series. I've not heard anybody say that. There's a few people who aren't that fond of either, you know, not <laughs> really that thing, which so, is yeah. fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've not met anybody who said you know I really don't like the TV series I think it'd be hard not to because it was it's very it was very lovely watching it was nice to see something so wholesome and yeah happy <laughs> and I think it's rare that we see books do that because I know that in your typical novel if it does have a happy ending you may be a bit cynical about it I know I've grown to be a bit cynical <laughs> about it where I feel that it's overly insistent on that happy ending and it's very forceful with its closure and it doesn't feel authentic to the storyline or to those characters for them to just have a happy ending um, and I know that I've often thought of it as just like lazy conclusion writing because <laughs> what if there's more there yeah. but I feel I feel like this graphic novel in particular had 
a sense of happiness throughout that made it feel like if the ha- if the ending wasn't happy, that would have been yeah. <laughs> heart-wrenching for all of us. It's funny, actually, because you know they're going to have a happy ending. She's posted, so she has her own like page on Tumblr and okay. Webtoons um, where she occasionally posts snapshots from their future. So you know they're oh, going to end beautiful. up together. Yeah, so she's, she posts snapshots from when they're, you know, when they're much more when they're much yeah. older and they're still together. So there is no surprise. You know you know they're going <laughs> to yeah. end up together. Because Nick and Charlie, the novella is, you know, about when Nick goes off to university and they and he Charlie's a year younger, so it's about that kind of break and they go through a difficult time. But you anybody who's read the webtoons page of hers or the Tumblr page knows that actually it's only going to end one way. And I think, yeah. you know, I think that maybe if you like a sense of suspense in your books, <laughs> that's not great. But if you just if you just want some comfort reading, actually, it's nice to know everything's going to end nicely, everything's yeah. going to end well. And I think it's fair to say that that's the really nice thing about approaching the, you know, we talked a bit about the, how she goes through the, the eating disorder and the mental health breakdown that Charlie has. And it, despite that, she does retain in the books a sense of happiness. You know, Nick is really supportive. And although they're apart, he's, you know, he goes through his own journey, but he's very, very supportive of Charlie throughout. And there's never a sense that you know, Charlie's mental health being poor because he has to go off to a, um, he has to go off and get some inpatient support at one point. So he's not at home for a while, but there's never a sense that his friends are anything less than completely supportive. And okay, so maybe, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that wouldn't have, but I think it's a nice, you know, it's a nice concept that you can struggle with your mental health, you know, you can have an eating disorder. Everybody does, you know, it's, life's not easy for anybody. Um, and actually, we can all be supportive of each other. I read somewhere that the, the moral of Heartstopper is be more like Nick. And I think that's true, yeah. you know, be willing to challenge who you think you are. Definitely. Be kind, whatever you're confronted with, you know, stand up in the face of bullies. And I think actually that's, that's a nice message to come out of it. Be more, we could all be more like Nick, you know. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like, I, I'm curious actually, do young people tend to like Charlie or Nick more? Or is there like just equal... There's equal shipping, love for them both, right. if I'm honest. There's a lot of love for Elle as well. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of love for Elle. Um, so much love, I'm creating a Heartstopper window oh, full of all the fan art I've had and, you know, the colouring and the yeah. messages because they do, they love it so much. And I expect we'll see that on Twitter. This was like a good you time will. to plug your Twitter. What's the, what's the At handle? Noah Library. At Noah Library. Go check it out. There's an awesome book dress There is an there. awesome book dress, yep. And a lot of art, especially. Yeah, we get a, art coming yeah, your way, so. yeah, we get a lot of art in the library. So, yeah. We, I, I love seeing the students be creative. You know, we've got the book dress. We've got all other sorts of paper craft in yeah. here. I've got people drawing things. I've got a whole archway of scratch art that my students have done in, in breaks and yeah. lunches. And, you know, I think it's really nice. It's about well-being it's about you know taking your mind off of school and learning and just being able to relax a bit and I think that's a really nice place to end it because it it's a focus on creativity and I think that's what graphic novels do really well because I know a lot of people might be intimidating by writing and strictly writing a whole novel because that's (laughs) a a task and a half but maybe some people who are into drawing and creating those visuals might have an end to that Absolutely, and funnily enough, I run a creative writing club in um, the library on a Friday with uh, Philip Davis, who's a a published author. He comes into, and I had a student say to me, "Oh, I don't want to, um, I don't want to submit an entry." And I happened to know that they were really good artists, so I said, "Well, you can submit a graphic entry." You know, oh, can I really do that? And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. It's no different Mm -hmm. to you know." But I think there is this real focus on you know writing, 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 and actually, what's important is the story, and that's 
that's what Heartstopper is. It's what's important is the story, the characters, the journey, and you can have that as easily, or uh, no, not as easily, as successfully in a graphic fashion as you can have in a traditional written fashion. Definitely, and I think there's just this focus currently on creativity being used for like profit, or if you do something, you have to do it really well, and it has to be this high end production. But I think it's so important to kind of relocate that sense of creativity in our daily lives, yeah. not necessarily this end goal. It can be something like you say, a journey or a story to get you somewhere. And that's a lovely message to end yeah, on. Absolutely. Definitely go read the Heartstopper series. Read Heartstopper, you'll Watch love it. Watch it 86 times, join the competition. People, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's a, that's a very, you know, it's a hard competition to win, you know, yeah. 86 times. That's one of my year seven students. <laughs> they would have time um, <laughs> but read more graphic novels not necessarily just the Heartstopper absolutely and we've got loads in the library do you have any other recommendations uh, well yeah if you liked um, Heartstopper this is very good Pumpkin Heads uh, we really like this okay. um, and what's an, uh, we've got a few long Heartstopper lines Amulet is a really popular graphic okay. novel series that's not a long Heartstopper line that's more fantasy but I've had several students who've said I don't like reading <laughs> come in and we've, I think there's six we've got in the series borrow them all one at a time very quick succession so again it, it's yeah. that kind of you know it draws people in if you can find something you love reading whatever it is it makes you want to read but if you've never found anything you liked reading then you don't you think just reading's out of not that for world you. forever that's yeah you know I, I read somewhere that you you know no, there is nobody who doesn't like reading they just haven't found the right book yet definitely and that's why you're here that's why i'm here direct them to the right book <laughs> absolutely i do my best <laughs> yes any listeners out there just come into our library and Cheryl's going to help you out. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. No this episode has been in the works for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> something kept thwarting us along the way, didn't yes, it? Yes, but it was an honour to have you here. Oh, such a pleasure you. and such a good way to end the year as well. I think this is going to be our final episode um, for this academic year. We're going to start back up in September. You might hear different visitors. We might have some people from university, seeing as Deborah and I are going away. Um, but hopefully someone else is going to be here to take over Maybe we can have your book club. We can just record a discussion Absolutely. and see how that goes, seeing as you have debates. and Yeah, yeah, we had a great debate last and week. And fiery so. conversation. So it'd be great to get some of that on the podcast. But thank you very much. No and thank you. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed.